go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. Welcome to show number 220. The title for today's show is Super Cocktails for the Super Mega Ultra Big Sporting Event Game Thingy. That's the title of today's show. That's pretty awesome. And the reason that we have to do it that way, well, we don't have to, but like we kind of are supposed to, because <clears throat> apparently. And I've known this from being in radio for many years. The NFL, which the Super Bowl is this weekend. Whoa. The Super Bowl is this weekend, right? So uh, so we're doing super cocktails for the Super Bowl. But the NFL gets really touchy about you using the phrase Super Bowl if you're not just referring to the game. If, if you're not paying them gazillions of dollars to be a Super Bowl All sponsor. Right, so next time, yeah. we're just going to bring in a really nice bowl. Yeah. And every time we talk about the Super Bowl, we'll just point to it. That would be the Super Bowl. Well, I, suge- yeah. I suggest you can bring in an owl that is quite superb. Right. Nice. Super so, owl. for example, if Budweiser is a sponsor of the Super Bowl, then Miller can run ads in the Super Bowl, but they can't say Miller Dude. Lite, the perfect beer for Super Bowl. Uh. It, it, it's really weird. And, and so um, people have taken to calling it the big game, that's the way to, which I always thought sounded really lame, you know? It does sound lame. Perfect and, snacks until, for the big game. Until NFL also trademarks the big, the big game. Ga- yeah, which I'm surprised they haven't, to be and, really honest. And super big game popular <clears throat> thingy. You can say what you want about the NFL, but they're not known for leaving money on the table. <laughs> you <laughs> not can so say, much. Yeah, not so much. So anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, a lot of people have uh, Super Bowl parties or big game parties, even if they're not really into football. It's kind of a cultural thing. And, of course, this year with COVID, everybody's, everything's tamped down a little. But that doesn't mean that it might be just you and the members of your household or you and maybe the very close friends in your bubble that you're okay with you know, being uh, being around, and you're still going to be drinking. You're still going to be having parties and, and, and you know, chips and dip and whatever food. We've got some things we'll talk about with all of that. But what a perfect show to have our good friend and resident smoking and toasting cocktail expert, Chris Morris, back on the show. I, I did that for emphasis, by the way. That wasn't enough. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, back on the show to make super cocktails for the super mega ultra big sporting event game thingy. So welcome to it. <laughs> so We'll see how many times you say that. Yeah. Our show is uh, brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar, sh- cigar uh, lovers, T-shirts, uh, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, all kinds of good stuff. And they are a sponsor and supporter of this program, and we appreciate them. So check them out, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. Um, so a couple pieces of business to, to tend to. First of all, thanks, Chris, for being on the show. It was perfect, perfect timing. Yeah, thanks we, for having we me back. We always have a blast when you're here. Chris brought along and sat over here in front of me a very nice card for us, Ian, and I'd like to read it and show it to the camera now. Okay. If that are we, are okay. we about to have a Hallmark moment? I believe we are. Nice. Uh, yeah. So you can, can, I, see can I, hold on, can I get... Maybe you should do a little Hallmark, Hallmark music. Yeah. Backup music Yeah, do some him. do some music that says... Uh, Soccer mom watching, you know, romantic story. Oh, this is escalating so that's... quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't slow down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. All right. Go ahead. Hallmark moment music. Now, I'll show this to the camera. 
It's a very nice, and it is a genuine Hallmark card, by the genuine. way. Genuine. And Chris brought this with him. You can see the blue flowers on the front, and here's what it says. It says, beyond the valley of sadness lies the comfort of grace. And when you open it up, it says, sending prayers and love at this difficult time. And it's signed, Mr. Twirly Gig, gone but not forgotten. Oh. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a drawing there of Twirly Gig, oh. or the Twirly Gig motion. That's pretty awesome. And then down here on the left, the bottom left uh, side of the card, it says, you spun us right round, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, it's very touching, very moving. Mr. Twirly Gig, for anyone who missed the last couple of shows, died a, a very... You know, sudden death. Well, it wasn't sudden. Well, we yeah, knew he, was he on didn't, his last he didn't survive the the operation, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And it happens, and there's always a there's always that. That's why they're you know that's that's why surgeons are practicing, right? And Mr. Twirly Gig, just in case you don't know, was just this little round guy that spun round. We would put the the drinks on him to show to showcase them, and it looked very much like a really cheap. Uh, QVC type moment with the product it being was, it was. being displayed. Now uh, I want to point out that Mr. Torlegig um, has an extended family, mm-hmm. a vast and extended family, and uh, one of his family has stepped up to take his place. And they've just shown up from the bus station, I understand. And they have. Yes. Uh, so you have. I have. I have a visitor right here. Yes. Would you like that to we'd now like unveil? to unveil? Yeah. Maybe you should do this. You've got a better angle I on the camera. I think you should do this one. Really? Okay. Yes. Yes. You should, you should right. do this one. I'm now going to unveil cousin of Torlegig. Yes. Cousin Torlegig. We'll have to call this one, rather than Mister. Yes. Yes. All right. So I can tell he's got his winter jacket on here. Oh, there's some sort of wire. I wonder if he's chargeable. Cousin Torley Gig, uh, son of Shirley Gig. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is good. We've got some sort of charging cable. That's encouraging. And here, oh, look, it's Cousin Twirly Gig. (laughs) Here's looking at you, babe. (laughs) All right, that's pretty awesome. Let's just... uh, Let's just take his jacket off there. So, so cousin Torley Gig has a few upgrades um, from Mister from Mister Torley Gig because um, he's younger. Yeah. Um, so he, he's not rechargeable, but he is powerable from a USB cable. Oh, very nice. Um, and he does, however, also have batteries. Mm. Um, so he'll work both ways. But he'll also, yeah, uh, as is uh, with a lot of younger. Um, Younger model more Torley Gigs. Forward thinking. Let me put this up here. Younger, more forward thinking. Um, Devices. He has the ability. Uh, can we see this? Uh, which camera? Yeah, I, I don't know how well. I, I don't know where we're. The camera is. That one work? Okay. Good. Okay. He has the ability to go both ways. Oh. Oh. oh this is a very, this is a very modern and yes. cutting edge twirly gig. He swings both ways. Indeed. Yes, yeah. and he'll go fast or slow, or he'll go both ways. Yeah. Well, very nice. A, yeah. Very nice. I'm impressed with the, uh, with the twirly gig upgrade. <laughs> Twirly Gig 2.0. Twirly Gig Cousin Twirly Gig 2.0. <laughs> well, it's very good to be back in uh, you know, back in action with a uh, with a member of the Twirly Gig family. Yes, so, yes. So very exciting. Well, welcome to the show. It's Smoking and Toasting, it's show number 220. So we are pretty much halfway to 500. No one stopped us yet. No, well, no. And apparently no one will. <laughs> Someone you would think would have uh, would have the good, you know, nobody's good been up sense. in arms about it. <laughs> yeah. Or we're just lost in a miasma of apathy. We are. We will uh, be doing what has 
come to be apparently one of the more popular segments on this show. We will be doing it again today, and that will be Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. It's not quite time for Drinking News. And Ian, I, I hate to preempt you. But you know, Jeez, you're not yeah. the only one who's come up with a drinking news theme song. Uh, you know, I know this. I and, know this. And I... the other person who's come up with one is sitting here with us today. And I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but he did bring a guitar, which is leaning against but, the wall back there. And it's and it's amazing. Yeah. And and his uh, his work involved in creating a song mm -hmm. probably far exceeds mine. <laughs> however, <laughs> however. Um, since I was the first, I am the OG. You are the you are the uh, drinking news theme right, song the, OG. The OG. Yes. So today's drinking news, our teaser headline is Uber is just way too expensive. That's our drinking news. I don't teaser know what to headline. say about that. Well, that's good. That'll just hopefully that'll keep you wanting more. That's why they call it a tease. Ah, know? okay. So, uh, also on today's show, Chris will be making uh, super cocktails for the uh, what did I call it? The super mega ultra big sporting event game thingy. Uh, he'll be teaching us how to make some things that you can make uh, at home, hopefully, and uh, and you might enjoy them during your uh, big game preparation. We'll also be tasting. Ian has brought the beers today. So that means we're going to start at about 23% uh, ABV and climb upward from there, <laughs> uh, which always happens. I'm joking, but I think these are all Actually, pretty Actually, FYI, I think it's 6.6% for the first beer. Okay. Well, the first one is it's uh, it's a new Carbach beer. Oh, okay. So that one you're starting there Yeah, I thought we'd start 8%. with about 8%. Okay. So Carbach uh, is a local Houston brewery. They were bought by uh, Big Beer. They were bought by AB and Bev, and Bev yes, a couple so of years ago. So they're now Macro Micro or uh, yeah, Macro. Whatever you want to call yes. them, yeah. But uh, but they do still continue to put out new beers, and they are still in the craft tradition. And so we'll be trying one of theirs today. It's their new Brew Sanity Strong Ale yes. that Ian's brought. Now, have you had a chance to try it yet, or are you saving a, saving your experience for I the show? I have tried it, but okay. you're not going to tell. I'm not going to say anything. All right. Uh, he's also brought from Guinness... The Guinness Imperial Gingerbread Spiced Stout. Yes. And this one comes from the new Guinness Open Gate Brewery, Open Gate Brewery mm -hmm. in Baltimore, Maryland. You have so my attention. Is, oh, yeah. Oh, good. Good. Oh, yeah. So this should be fun. Yeah. And then last but not least, um, or actually, I, I, the Guinness will be the last one we try. Oh. So in second, uh, in second today, we'll try Real Ale's Small Batch Coffee Porter mm. from the excellent brewery in uh, Blanco, Texas. So, uh, so we're looking forward. To it. It's going to be good stuff and great cocktails. It, you want to give us any kind of a an advanced teaser for what kind of stuff you're going to try to make? Or uh, you... Yeah. So uh, we've got one that's kind of a good all-purpose summer, not going to get you too shwasty faced mm -hmm. like easy if you're having a moderately sized gathering, as you should in these times. Mm -hmm. And then uh, maybe one for each of the participants in the Super Mega Sports Ball game oh, thing. Oh, okay. So you, you're th you're thematically uh, charged. Oh, oh yeah. We, we, we do it all. We do it the oh. entire way here. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. And I noticed that you have brought... One of our very favorite rums, the Plantation Rum Isle of Fiji, which is just fantastic. I mean, it's nice. I've only tasted it once. Yes, I, I know you have. And, and what did you think of it when you tasted <laughs> it? Was it was very good. I taste this on a regular basis because I've, <laughs> I've now bought... Uh, I, I actually went to Specs not too long ago, and they were out of it. And I was like... <gasps> But fortunately, they, they got it back in right away. Gotcha. So, uh, so anyway, we're, we're looking forward to all of these cocktails and looking forward to, I think, a fun show. It's always uh, a lot of fun when, when uh, Chris is here and he's sitting in the seat that, you know, Alan Denny usually uh, sits in when Alan is here. So, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, as we talked about, it's much more comfortable when you don't have to sanitize the entire thing <laughs> with the first thing when you get here. So, Fortnite, it's a great relief. It's, it's, been, it's been a while since so, yeah, we're sitting in Ellen's lap, exactly. So, a uh, very interesting week. We'll uh, talk about a few things that are happening. Uh, Hup Culture has named their 12 best breweries of 2020. And uh, then we've also got uh, some big... We mentioned Uber in the tease for the... Um, uh, for the uh, drinking news, but Uber also did a big thing in the spirits world this week. They bought Drizzly, the uh, the application that allows you to order beer and wine and spirits and have it delivered to your house. They paid $1.1 billion in cash and stock for Drizzly. That's a that's a that's lot a of money. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, so we'll give you the details on that. We also will be talking about um, some... You know, some different things that are appropriate for the big game, even beyond these cocktails. So very uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a fun show. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, Ian, as far as your week is concerned, I'm assuming that you had the opportunity to smoke something interesting. I did. I sat on my patio this morning. And uh, watched my cat explore outside a little bit. I th- honestly, I thought you were going to say you watched your cat explode. And I was like, <laughs> what happened to your cat? <laughs> I hate it when my cat explodes. <laughs> so explore. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, you know, she was she was an outside cat when we found her. And once she came inside, she's like, I'm not going outside for, like, months. <laughs> now she'll, like, poke her head outside. And she walks, like, when she walks outside, she has that slow, like, I'm looking around at everything kind of thing. It's, it's, it's odd because she was living out there for a while. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I so sat she, out there. So she was out exploring today, though. Yes. Yeah. While I was smoking my cigar. So that was entertaining. Uh, I had a cigar, I believe, that you gave me. The uh, A.J. Fernandez uh, Diaz, de, um, Diaz de Gloria. De Gloria. Uh, if it's an A.J., I did probably give it to you. Yes. Because that's, that's my jam yes. right there. I have actually bought A.J. cigars before. Mm. Oh, I know. You, you know. But this one you, uh, you gave to me, the... Uh, Dias de Gloria means glory days. This was a 6x56 Toro, a Nicaragua Puro. Mm-hmm. I know this is all weird considering that you gave this cigar to me. All these things are very strange. Well, right? I'm very, yeah, I know. The fact that it's a Nicaraguan <laughs> Puro, the fact that it's an AJ. Yeah, imagine right. that, that I gave you that cigar. What a uh, beautiful presentation. It has the two bands. It has the Dias de Gloria band, which is real pretty, and then underneath it has the AJ Fernandez band, and then a cedar wrap that finishes up mm-hmm. the cigar. So you don't get to see most of the cigar, but what you know the packaging is really nice when you pull the band off it's medium brown kind of a milk chocolatey brown smooth uh uh, very uh, small veins in there not like uh, lumpy veiny but very smooth and veiny uh oily um firm box press very classy presentation the pre-light sniff on this uh i got barnyard i got earth i got leather i got spicy notes at the foot of the cigar um, which was a nice little teaser. The pre-light draw, I used a punch. It had a very light draw. Rich earth, fermented hay, leather, and sweet cappuccino is what I was tasting nice. on this. Uh, the f- initial light of this, punch of leather followed by a burst of pepper and some tangy earthiness. Um, not a whole lot else going on with it, but very nice right off the bat. The first third of this, sp- Spicy baby. Mm-hmm. That's what I put on there. It was mm-hmm. spicy baby. Earthy flavors abound. Pepper, clove, leather, tangy hint of cappuccino, some campfire on the finish. The uh retro hail is very pleasant, leaves a hint of cinnamon, I thought. Um very solid ash, perfect burn. The ash um fell on me. As ashes do quite yeah, often. I was gonna say this was... this is not a new experience. This is, this for you. Yeah. But uh, the ash fell on me. Twice. Okay. Once 
right at the second third of the cigar, and mm-hmm. once right at the third third of the cigar. Like it was it <laughs> almost was like, as um, if to announce, okay, next yeah, next yeah. section. <laughs> now right <laughs> your next section. <laughs> uh, the pepper spice remains strong, and the second third campfire and spices rounded out the profile, including cloves and cinnamon. Oaky notes become more prominent. Slight sweetness on the finish. Solid ash, perfect burn. This is, by the way, a full flavored cigar. Mm-hmm. There is no medium about this. This is full flavored right from the right from the bat, uh, beginning of it. Uh, the last third of this pepper and spices back off a bit, oddly enough, leaving room for the leather, the campfire, a ton of oaky and cedar notes finished off the cigar. Solid ash, perfect burn all the way through this cigar. What a great thing. Uh, price to quality, I looked it up. About $10 for this cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that neighborhood, I get a 5.5. It's A.J. Fernandez. You expect his cigars to be good. You do. Um, he just he puts his name on it. It's going to be a good cigar is what I found. Uh, 5.5. It punches it a little bit above its... Uh, it's $10. It is worth every bit of $10 and outstanding if you're in for a full cigar with as, a lot of spice. As somebody that smokes a lot of different AJ blends, I can tell you that the Dias de Gloria is the one that I find to be the most similar to like a Cuban style of, uh, of flavor. Yes. Uh, I, I won't go so far as to say it tastes like a Cuban uh, b- because there's still a difference in, in that that tobacco. There's an earthiness but that there's a real, Cuban yeah. cigars mm-hmm. have. And this cigar has a lot of and that. And there's also a fermented hay, uh, almost a um, funk's not the right word, but uh, kind of a fermented hay thing that uh, a lot of the Cubans just generally have that, mm-hmm. that you just, you miss a little bit in it. But I agree, the flavor profile if you get a full flavored uh, Cuban cigar, this flavor profile is very similar. And I, I will tell you from smoking a lot of AJ's cigars that I, I get so accustomed to and I enjoy so much the spiciness mm-hmm. of his cigars that it can kind of make some other blends seem really mild by comparison. <laughs> Even if they're uh, you know a good medium or medium to full right. bodied cigar, it just if you don't get that same pepper tang that I'm kind of used to now well, from all the do ages. not smoke a Davidoff after this. Oh no, no, definitely. <laughs> not. If you're going to smoke the Davidoff, do that first yes. and then go. Do not smoke uh, a Davidoff after yeah. this. You will you will not even taste it. And and then go with the with the AJ. Well, uh, yeah, I, I I think that's an excellent cigar. I again, I smoke a lot of AJs. That's one of my favorites. I think at this moment in time, the Enclave is probably the one that I'm most zeroed in on. That's a great cigar. But that doesn't that doesn't count the special, what was it, 175th that he did for H. Upman is yeah. probably his crowning achievement. But those, I, they're expensive and I hoard them. That's yes, my, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that may be for, I may smoke that one during the, um, the, uh, the super mega ultra big sporting event game thingy. You know, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a special, uh, kind of a special uh, time cigar. So, and I've got one left in the humidor. So I'm excited about that. So, but yeah, it's it, it's good. So, all right, I tell you what, let's do. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we got a lot to do in the next segment. I'll tell you about my cigar this week. We're going to want to uh, crack into this first beer, the Carbach that uh, that Ian brought along, and then Chris is going to make the first of his uh, cocktails. How many different cocktails are you making today? We've got three, three. Okay, so we'll we'll get to a beer and a cocktail. I think in this next segment. God bless uh, America. So it's yeah. This is this is why it's so great to be here and be America. doing this, America, baby. Uh, so Carbach Brew Sanity coming up, and uh, I'll tell you about a very interesting cigar I had a chance to smoke this week. Coming up, it's smoking and toasting. Where's, uh, where's-
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are the radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and today about cocktails, too, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, welcome back to show number 220. Uh, our, good bu- our good buddy Bruce Stark, uh, on Stark, we like to call him, is on the is on the comments today. He's a big fan of Mr. Twirly Gig, so he's excited about the, uh, the Twirly Gig replacement we have going on here on the show. But he mentioned, and I had read about this, he mentioned that Budweiser and Pepsi are not doing Super Bowl ads this year. And that's only partially true. AB InBev is advertising, but they're not going to do the usual. You know, they usually will do an ad for Budweiser with the Clydesdales and all of that. They're instead going to be advertising Bud Light, and in particular, the Bud Light Hard Seltzer that they've got such a uh, push going on behind. You mean they're not going to do a slang campaign or a bully campaign this year? No, it doesn't sound like it, although you never know. Because yeah. they usually everybody usually debuts new ads right. for the Super Bowl. Do we have to be careful how many times we say Super Bowl? Should we should you know, we call it like the amazing soup container? I think or? as long as we're not trying to put our name next to it, I think it's okay to call it the Super Bowl. Okay, but if we're telling you uh, about Budweiser advertising in the Super Bowl, I think that's okay. Or not advertising, as the case may be. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll. Uh, it's always interesting to look forward to the Super Bowl ads. There are usually some good ones. Although I will say, as somebody who's been watching the game for for years now, I feel like the last I don't know four or five years, the overall quality of the ads has gone way down. It's like people are trying too hard. You yeah, know what they're I mean? reaching. Yeah, they're reaching. And so it'll be interesting to see if maybe, you know, in the COVID environment, if everybody kind of like pulls back a little and maybe we get some interesting things. Yeah. Because last year I remember sitting, watching some of them just going, huh? Right. You know? Yeah. Kind of kind of missed it on that one there, buddy. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm actually really excited about Super Bowl uh, personally. I have been a fan of Tom Brady for uh, 20 some odd years now, ever since I lived in Boston for his first Super Bowl run with the Patriots. And so I've been rooting for the Buccaneers all year. And the fact that they're in the Super Bowl, I'm super excited about. Watch your language. Plus, yeah, thank you. Uh, Plus, you know, Patrick Mahomes is incredibly talented, the quarterback for the Chiefs. So this should be a good shootout game. It should be a fun one to watch. I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we'll uh, we'll get to the cocktails in a moment. (laughs) Let me first say about this cigar that I had this week. I am... I am a, a really, really lucky man. I got great cigars for Christmas this year. I got gifted, uh, and and I, I, I've said this before, but I want to really thank a lot of them. I got such good cigars because the people buying them went over to Casa de Monte Cristo, a series of cigars by Casa de Monte Cristo here in Houston, and the guys there led them, you know, directed them perfectly towards. They said, oh, Cruz, yes, we know what he likes. And they actually got them to pick some great things. So today I smoked, I think this is the last one that I got for the holidays that that I hadn't smoked or hadn't smoked one of. I've got one more of these in the humidor. Uh, Today I had the Arturo Arturo Fuente Hemingway Between the Lines. Nice. So, So the Hemingway is a very short cigar. That Fuente puts out. And the regular Hemingway is, you know, the stuff of legend. Mm-hmm. But this one is a barber pole cigar. Mm-hmm. So think the Hemingway, but wrapped in the barber pole. It's very short, and it's very, it's a gorgeous cigar. Yes. I mean, you know, there are some barber poles that look kind of half-assed. This yeah. is not one no. of those. Uh, they, they do a really, really good job with it. Uh, they use Connecticut Shade and Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper around it. And you can see it in the, the picture there. And I went ahead and, in in the next picture, I took the band off so you can really see the barber pole and how precise it looks. Uh, but they use uh, those wrappers over Dominican binder and fillers. 
pre-light on this was very woody, a little spicy. I was able to use a punch in the end, uh, end of it in the head, and uh, and lit it up. The initial puffs were toasty and peppery. And remember, this is Dominican tobacco, mm-hmm. but I think the pepper uh, profile may have come from the broadleaf that's in the barber pole wrapper. But it was nice and peppery on the initial uh, on the initial puffs, almost like a Nicaraguan uh, cigar was what I got. Uh, anyway, uh, great flavors from the very beginning. Tough to divide a cigar this short into thirds, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the first half and and the second half. All right, all right. So uh, first half um, was layered flavors and was just very savory. There was oakiness, baking spices, the pepper that I mentioned, uh, some notes of earth, and the second half got a little bit creamier. And there was a bit of nutmeg kind of weaving through all of those flavors. It was really enjoyable. And the construction, flawless. Yeah. And Arturo Fuente, I mean, they really know how to roll cigars there. I, you, I would be very surprised to ever get a Fuente that the construction was less than perfect. There's a reason everyone's heard of Arturo Fuente. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> Barber Pole, maybe one of the more difficult cigars to roll and roll properly. And this thing burned like an absolute champion. Didn't even think about burning crookedly. It just was just perfect all the way down. Um, the Between the Lines was a medium-bodied smoke that occasionally creeped towards medium full at certain times and then would back down. It was really, really good. But here's the thing. It's a 15 to $16 cigar. Yeah. And it's little. Yep. It's, so, a, it's a mini Perfecto is what it mm-hmm. actually it, is. It, that's exactly right. And a Perfecto is tapered from the, from the end, the, from the um, end that you put in your mouth, the head, and it's tapered out somewhat towards the foot and then comes down to a smaller point that you light. Right, that little point. And you can mm-hmm. see it in the first photo, just that little point lit. Yeah. Um, and that's how it starts, and then obviously it spreads. And, and again, a lot of times when you have a cigar that's like that, it'll develop a run or a canoe in the early parts of the burn because you don't get it lit quite right and the tobacco doesn't burn as evenly. And here with this one, even though it was barber pole, I mean, just, just perfect all the way down. Um, 15, 16, a lot for a small cigar. It smoked for about 40 minutes. It's a really awesome cigar to get as a gift. Uh, 15 to <coughs> 16, you got a lot of options, but it was so good. So I really wrestled with where to put this one on price to quality. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm going to give it a five. I feel like it was worth the 15 to 16. There's so, I mean, I could have smoked, you know, a couple of AJ Fernandez, you know, enclaves for that. Uh, but still, still, the, it, was, it was a great The regular a great short experience. story, which has a Connecticut wrapper mm-hmm. only, is yeah. about $6. Right. So, Six to $7, I think. So, yeah, if you think of that, same smoking time. Really good cigar, and this one's maybe three times the price, mm-hmm. you know, or almost three times. I, I, I don't know. It is a pricey cigar, but it's a great splurge. And if you get one for a gift, it's even better. Nice, <laughs> you know. So, so I'll take it. It was it was really an enjoyable smoking experience. I recommend it. And also, it's nice to have. I have some short cigars in my humidor, but they're ones that are just kind of okay. Yeah, like they're they're good to smoke. If I if I only have a few minutes to smoke, half an hour, forty minutes. And and I want to smoke something. They're what I usually grab, but they're nowhere near the kind of smoking experience that right. this one was. So it's nice to have something like this in your humidor I, for the I feel right like occasion. This style of cigar right here would would appeal to smokers who don't smoke cigars as often. Because I noticed that 
the people who don't smoke cigars as often don't always want to commit to an hour to an hour and a half. Well, that's a good point. On a yeah. cigar, and so maybe yeah. that's an attractive option to have a really good cigar that you're not ditching half of. Well, you know, when after the cigar boom, when the dust kind of settled from that, the Robusto emerged as the favorite or best-selling mm-hmm. uh, size of cigar. And recently, Toro uh, surpassed it. Uh, but for many years, the Robusto was kind of the best-selling cigar. And I think it's because of that reason that not everyone can can say, I'm going to smoke for the next two hours. Right. You know, so it's easier to maybe yeah. grab that Robusto and, and know you're going to be there for 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how it smokes. So um, anyway, this, uh, it, it, this is a great cigar. I, I would love to always have one of these in the humidor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so because it's really really good. So recommended highly. Uh, all right, let's let's get to the beer here. Ian, this is this is a very interesting uh, beer that you brought in. We we've had a number of Carbach beers on the show. There's been some we've really liked. Uh, there's been some that we thought were okay. I don't think I don't think they make a bad beer. You know what I mean? Like I think everything everything that they might they make I like. Uh, so but I, but I don't as as we've often talked about, they discon- when they got bought by AB, they discontinued both of our favorite Carbock beer. Yes. Uh, which was their uh, Sympathy for the Lager, which was a dark lager, and it was fantastic. And uh, I, I really wish they would bring it back, maybe as a, a seasonal or something. Yeah, Sympathy uh, for the Lager was my absolute go-to uh, everyday beer. AB InBev bought them. They immediately ditched the lager. And, uh, and I was very sad about that. And then since then, um, I can only think of one other beer that they've come out with since then that was actually an outstanding beer. And that was? And that was the Conservation Ale. Yes, which was the very Coastal good. Conservation Ale, which was very good. It was a very light beer. Yes. And had a very, very good. almost a saltiness to it, but it was really appetizing. All of their other uh, offerings since then have been, they're okay. They're yeah. fine, you know, and they still have Love Street, which is which is fine. Love Street's uh, very good. My only, my stuff. only, my biggest issue with them is I just don't. I, I hate to shell out. It's it's a good beer. If it's the only one that the, the uh, that the place has that's not Budweiser itself or mm-hmm. Miller Lite or something like that, I, I will always go for Carbach because I know it's going to be better. It's going to be more to my palate. I just generally try to buy beers that aren't putting money in ABMF's pockets. I understand, yeah. When I can, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. So. Now, so that said, this is a golden strong ale. It's 8.5 uh, ABV, but it's actually very light colored. I'm used to strong ales being a little more reddish, a little darker. Um, the, the golden strong ale, uh, more. Uh, think of it more along the lines of like a Belgian or something right. like that. It's, it's going to be fruity. It's going to be... Um, and definitely on the lighter side, they're usually golden, of course, like the color. But you know, even even huge beers that are uh, along these lines in the eight and a half percent, like this, they're generally a much lighter color. This tastes very much. I've had the first sip. Does taste very much like a Belgian uh, ale. It's got that that sort of uh, malt snap to it, yeah. uh, and a little bit of of that sort of German bitter on the mm-hmm. back end. Um, what's your take on and it? And there's a fruity funk to it. Yeah, there is a fruity this funk. This is a surprising one for them to come out with mm-hmm. uh, because it's not, uh, it's not, this has nothing, to, to my knowledge, this has nothing to do with the current trend in beers. I think you're right. And I'm... that's all they've been doing since ABM took took over. Hazy IPAs came big, they put Hazy IPA. And uh, by the way, they just came session out Session with... IPAs, they did Session IPAs. Like, and they just came out with hard seltzer, which is hard what everybody's seltzer, doing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So they're following trends. This is a surprising one. It's I don't know if it slipped through. 
Maybe they <laughs> snuck it under ABM. Maybe the, brewer, the brewmaster just wanted to do it. You and know it's what a I mean? damn good beer. Yeah, it really is quite like, good. Flavor wise, profile wise, uh, and ten dollars or as nine dollars for a six pack of this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty damn good beer. I'm enjoying it. So I'm hey, enjoying kudos, Carbach. So yeah, uh, thumbs up to Carbach, and and I think this is a good time to point out that. We don't always trash everything from an <laughs> AB and Bev owned brewery. These breweries can still make some great beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, I, I still think it's unfortunate um, that that they're not an independent because they were at one point as an independent brewery. They were really putting Houston on the Absolutely. map as a yeah. beer city, and uh, and then it, that that really seemed to fade when they, they were, when they got bought. But well, it's, before ABM bought them, they were pushing styles. Mm-hmm. And I, but I will say, I'm a capitalist. If they want to build a company and then sell it to a big guy for a bunch of money, that's that's part of the American dream. That's kind oh, of yeah. what it's about. You know, I, I don't hate them on that. Make your money. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, yeah, get paid. It's but okay. but Carbox been a little bit polarizing in town for the people who are uh, like the the microbrew. Uh, Purist. And right. this is microbrew, but it's not independent. Yeah. I mean, that was like the the most open secret is like Carbach was literally built with like old distributor. Like it was literally built for no other reason than to sell. Like right. was the entire right. That's a good point. existence. Yeah. And like they started putting out good beers. Everybody got really attached and then they sold and everybody was like, well, wait. And it's like that's literally what they were designed <laughs> yeah, to do. That's what it was designed to do. Like if you didn't see that coming, like you weren't you weren't really paying but attention. But it's easier right? to root for a St. Yeah, Arnold. It's easier to root for, uh, you know, so many of the other. Uh, Houston breweries, Eighth Wonder, and yeah. and so many of the others that are really just that really are right in that independent mold. It's and difficult it. to hold that stick up against St. Arnold though, because St. Arnold's done it on their own terms. Like they, you're those guys, absolutely have, right. Like wow, and and St. Arnold continues mm-hmm. uh, to innovate. I really feel like St. Arnold does not get the credit they deserve in the national beer. So they were voted medium-sized brewery of the year, I think, uh, uh, several years ago. But I don't think they get nearly the recognition that they deserve for the innovative stuff that they do. Yeah. I mean, uh, they were they were doing that, uh, you know, those, uh, you know, the, four times the a year divine releases, reserve, the, the divine reserve. Barrel. They were doing that stuff before most breweries were even brewing well, a, an IPA. Yeah. Here's you know? the thing. Most breweries... At that volume level, don't do those batches right. like that. Right. They just they just don't. And St. Arnold's been doing it since for years and years and years yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And recently, they've become very prolific. They've introduced a number of new styles mm-hmm. across the last couple of years, and and a lot of them have been very very yes. good. So uh, I and you know uh, I, I've always been such a fan of of all their. Um, Seasonals. Yeah. Seasonals are just yeah. outstanding to me. All right. A couple of days from now, the big ultra mega swinging game thingy will happen. And uh, you're going to want to know how to make a cocktail. So we brought the, the cocktail master uh, onto the show, our resident cocktail expert, Mr. Chris Morris. Chris, welcome back. And what are you making us today? Uh, so the first thing we're going to start off with is just kind of a classic Pim's cup. That's one okay. of my like favorite Texas heat and the thing that I find most important with, like, football and gatherings is not getting too drunk right, too fast. Right. So, like, I, I really go love, like, while. <laughs> something that's, like, super sessionable. Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely passed out by 
the third quarter a few times. Sometimes if you're lucky, you'll pass out before the halftime. That way you can wake up for the end of the game. (laughs) It just depends on who it is. Do I have a story about that? Oh, boy. Sounds Uh, fun. But what I wanted to kind of showcase today, like last time we were here, we were showing like restaurant, like competition level, like Mm -hmm. really intricate cocktails. And uh, today you're thinking simpler. Those are really fun, but like no one's going to do that for the Super Mega Sports Bowl thing. So like we're showing a little more like kind of easygoing at home style stuff i could probably make i i guarantee you you can make this with like minimal investment okay. um so this dates is a very optimistic was... view of my abilities oh to don't worry drink. Hey, listen, i'm literally gonna have you mix the second cocktail it's that easy <laughs> I, I, I was actually really proud of myself i made a decent paloma this week oh it's the first time i'd made i'd made one before and it was just okay this week i made one it was pretty good yeah so but cocktails nice cocktails are not as easy to make as you might think like bartenders like, make it look so easy they do and really like, good they're bartenders just make it look stuff, really easy shaking stuff around and pouring a dash here and a dash there you're like i can do that and you do it and you go something's missing <laughs> you know what i mean so so i've concentrated on just a few things and tried to learn to make them well. Yeah. And so uh, so I was proud of, of being able to say, okay, now I can make a decent Paloma. So what is this one? I see some, is that gin? Is that Henry's This gin? is gin. So we're starting off with Pim's. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the namesake of the cocktail. Dates back to the Pim's Oyster House in England around mm-hmm. 1840s or so. This is Pim's number one. It's what everybody knows. There were originally six of them. Only like three of them exist now. Okay. Uh, so we pour, I don't know, eight ounces, ten ounces, quarter of a bottle, something like that. I've never, never tried Pim's. Yeah? Well, you're the That's one it. with the sample cup, Chief. All right, so we're doing that. Um, He's a guy that drinks Malort, let me just say. So the bar's not set too high. Yeah, okay. I, you know, I, I'm Malort people. I don't know that I'd say I drink <laughs> I, it, but I'm going to try a little something. See, I, I love Malort, so I you saw, can say what you want. I did see I did see a, 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 a post on Twitter this week, uh, and it was, uh, what's the worst uh, uh, alcohol you've ever tasted? Oh, yeah. And I thought, let me just click to open the replies, and the first one, Malort. The yeah, first so, one. My Lord. so Pim's number one is actually a gin-based liqueur, okay. and I like something with a little more kick. Pim's is 25% ABV, so that's the only alcohol in the drink. So we wanted to kick it up a little bit, so we had a splash of Hendrix. And you, yeah, you're a gin guy, too, I am right? a, I am a gin guy. Um, and then you can add sort of whatever carbonated. Originally, it was done with what the British call lemonade, which is like mm-hmm. a less sweet Sprite. Uh, Americans tend more towards like ginger ale. We're using ginger beer today for a little bit bigger kick. Okay. And like we said, this really isn't complicated. Uh, so we're oh just no, gonna... no, it's not complicated. As he pours three uh, a ginger beers simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, I could do that in my dreams. They uh, make the a big. They make Fever a tree. They make a big bottle. Okay. Fever tree rocks. Yeah. And by the way, I, I wanted to mention several weeks ago, we I wanted to know if you tried. Dripping Springs Artisan Craft Gin. Oh, I have. It's delicious. I We thought it was terrific and uh, uh, quickly became one of my favorite gins. I, I really, really like yeah, it. Yeah, and as you can see, we literally mix this in two minutes. Like That's how simple this can be. We put some strawberry, a little bit of cucumber in the glass. Okay, so in the in the carafe here, you put... Um, Just Pim. how, Pims? How, mu- uh, how much? What, what percent? Know, quarter of a bottle. Quarter of a bottle of Pims. Yeah. And a healthy uh, glug of gin. Yeah, and then you uh, dumped in three of the small... Yeah, three uh, of the small ones. Okay. Just filled it up. It's, uh-huh. not, ro- it's not rocket What's science. What's the volume of that carafe? Uh, like a liter. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
just a, and, so and if you're making it at home, like you can take, you can add anything to this. You can add citrus and berries, whatever mm-hmm. you have around. Like we had strawberries and cucumber at the restaurant, so that's what I brought. Okay, you know, I like to finish off with a nice bright sprig of mint. Helps it mm-hmm. feel more fresh. And like I said, this is something you can literally just set out. People walk in, add some ice, pour it. They're done. All right. And we got fancy straws because this is a classy podcast. <laughs> classy. I love the fancy straw. There we go. See, yeah. it's amazing. It really it's, is it's just a straw that, easy that stirs, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I I like to I like to thoughtfully stir my drink. Yeah, as it I, also as I strains with, it. It does. Yeah, very nice. That's the very fancy nice. part. It's not so, the steel. So, do you recommend drinking it through the straw? I do because what you're gonna what's gonna happen there, like. The reason there's a reason this is a shorter straw, and it's so you have to put your nose like right in this bouquet. Yeah, that and mint is right in your face, and, and it, it smells really amazing. awesome too. Yeah, like yeah. if we had like a big steel straw, you're not going to get any of the mint. So like that's mm-hmm. the point of like a lot of these garnishes is to get your beak right up next to it. So this make really you smell it. This really is a wonderful gin drink. Yeah, I mean it's it's like if you're it's delicious. If gin is not one of your favorite spirits, but you want to try a good gin cocktail, this is a great one to go for. You get you get the flavor of the gin, but it's but it's like okay, yeah, I get I get why people. Love ginger. Yeah, and so like much, I said, it's you know? super customizable. Like you can do fever tree ginger beer, ginger ale, you can put grapefruit soda, you can put regular soda if you want to like cut down on your sugar. You can put Sprite. Uh, fever tree makes a really great bitter lemon soda, which mm-hmm. is really close to like the original. Makes a really good um whiskey sour. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what that's my whiskey sour secret. Yeah, it's delicious. Well, I'm digging this. This is great stuff. Yeah, and like I said, like you watched it. It took two minutes to mix up this carafe and then you like grab a plate of nachos, you're back to the You're back to the game. Yeah. To whatever you happen to be watching at the T V at the time. <laughs> I, see, I see he's good at the, the, this the, uh, we're, we're gonna skirt this giant, line as much amazing as we can. Yeah. Soup container thingy. Sport thingy. <laughs> That's right. The the wonderful string of advertisements interrupted with a competitive endeavor. Yes. Well, I'll tell you this about about this particular game that we're speaking of. You know, ordinarily, if I'm watching just a regular football game, you know, during the season, the commercials are when you jump up and go make the drink or yes. or do a beer run or whatever. But during this one, sometimes the commercials are at least at the very least, people are going to be talking about them the next day, and you don't want to have missed. The, the you know the one that everybody's going to be chatting about you know so uh, so being able to do something quick like this can be can be very important you can go oh it's a Bud Light ad I'll go do it during this you know and and boom you're together well this is delicious this Glad is delicious you like it yeah now Cheers. if if I order this in your restaurant is this how it's made or? absolutely yeah. not no oh, it's okay. going to be all kinds of fussed up and crazy like <laughs> have you been to his restaurant this is the at home quick and dirty version mm-hmm. his restaurant is. Awesome. Oh, this is why I wanted. To, this is why I wanted to ask the question. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the one at the restaurant. Um, so we actually have a variation of a Pim's cup on our menu. Mm-hmm. So instead of gin, we use cognac. Instead of uh, ginger beer, we use champagne because we are fancy. Um, and it's shaken up <laughs> with uh, fresh lemon juice, some fresh ginger mm-hmm. juice, so it's super bright and spicy. And then also some like strawberry and creme de cassis. You know, I do I do that thing when I go to his restaurant that I think every bartender absolutely hates. Yeah. Where he's like, "What are you drinking?" I'm like, "I don't know." Surprise me. Uh, do, do bartenders <laughs> hate that, or is that or is that fun? It kind of depends. Like, if you actually mean surprise me, and I trust that like you're here because like you just want a good cocktail, and like you kind of don't care, and you're open to exploring. Like, yeah, then it's just whatever comes to mind. It's the people that are like. I really don't know. Like, surprise me, and then you surprise them, and they're like, 
oh, I, I don't, don't like this. Yeah. I don't like mezcal. And you're like, well, maybe you should tell me these things. You know? Uh, gotcha. All right. Well, uh, this one I like very much. And uh, now I have to come to the restaurant and try the super ultra fancy uh, version of it as well. Yeah, nice. But this I do think I could make. And maybe I could make yeah, it absolutely. during a, uh, a Bud Light hard seltzer commercial. You could literally be... make it during the next ad break. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I think we might nice. do that. All right. We are going to take the next break here. And we will be right back with uh, the next segment of the show. We have more beer to taste, including the uh, uh, Real Ale Small Batch Coffee Porter, which we'll be getting so to. Delicious. And I also have to tell you about um, um, the brewers have nominated their best snacks for the super ultra big mega game thingy. And so we'll uh, we'll see what the brewers have to say about that. So all that to come, plus drinking news on the way, and a customized live performance of the second drinking news theme song. Smoking it does. Welcome back. It's Smoking a Toast in the radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers and the people who love them starting under $20. Go and check out the site. You will like it. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Cigars. Ian, let's, let's do them. You know, that was very fumbly, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> so it's Ian's, that cocktail. Ian's opening up our uh, real ale porter here. You've got, glass, you've got cups, right? I do. I've got cups. Right. While he's doing that, let me, uh, let me tell you uh, about a couple of big names in their field that are uh, teaming up. A big name in the ice cream field is Ben & Jerry's. You know, may, arguably one of the bigger names uh, mm -hmm. in ice cream uh, in the world, right? Uh, big name in the whiskey biz, Whistle Pig. Ben and Jerry's and Whistlepig are teaming up. Wait for it. Whiskey ice cream. Does that? I, I've done that many times. Yeah, but they're they're like you'll be able to actually go and buy it in the pint. Whiskey ice cream. You won't um, have to pour the whiskey into the ice cream yourself. That sounds awesome. It really kind of does. So, uh, so that's going to be coming out. They have uh, uh, they have collaborated, and it is going to be called Ben and Jerry's Topped Whiskey Biz. Ice cream, a brown butter bourbon ice cream with blonde brownies and whiskey caramel swirls topped with white chocolatey ganache and white fudge chunks. There's just not one thing in that that doesn't sound amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it make, uh, makes use of Whistle Pig's six-year-old piggyback rye in the formula cooked into the caramel swirls. So look for that coming soon to a, a grocer's freezer near you. I've always wanted to say that. Your grocer's <laughs> freezer. Um, I remember um, Real Ale coming out about... Ten years ago, and that's it, about when I uh, learned of them. Yes, and um, it came out, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then they started having these real ale uh, coffee porter release parties because it got so that. popular. Yeah, and those yeah, were yeah. amazing. Uh huh. Um, so, is this a special, like limited porter, or is this something that's available no, uh, all the time? Well, this is a this is a seasonal release. Uh, okay. So our time now, and I think it's probably almost gone. But uh, our time now is just waiting until the next time it comes out, which is okay. usually December, I think. Well, this um, and this is for me the ultimate coffee porter. There are tons of coffee porters out there, and a lot yes, of them are, are good. This one is the coffee porter. So Real Ale is they're out of, based out of Blanco, Texas. Mm -hmm. And trust me, I've been to Blanco. It's a nice place, but there's nothing to do if you're there. So go to Real Ale. 
to uh, and, and like hang out in their tap room and enjoy them. Uh, so Blanco is one of those uh, hill country towns north of San Antonio, and it's a great place to to live. But uh, like I said, not much to do. And these guys opened this brewery there, and they're they're just tremendous. It's a dark multi porter with sublime coffee notes. Working in hill country, uh, working in the hill country uh, from a foundation of time honored brewing tradition. Real ale believes minimal processing produces maximum flavor. And you know what? That's that's that really is true of this when you taste it. It doesn't taste like they've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the coffee you know, the coffee is more like finishy. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's there. It smells coffee. Mhm. Uh it's definitely beer. It doesn't taste like coffee with some beer added. It just tastes like right. something that was done well. It's like the difference between um between when you uh when you toss something together like a stroganoff from a hamburger helper versus mm-hmm. going to a restaurant and getting a really good stroganoff. Right, right. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yes. I mean, there's mac there's... and cheese out of the craft box versus mac and cheese created <laughs> by a chef at a restaurant. Yeah. Yes, it's a big difference, and <laughs> and it's the way the flavors blend, and it's how it uh, how it hits the palate. And this is an absolute delicious. So beer. this is really I good every year. I really enjoyed. Was only a few shows ago we did the Founders Porter. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. This is to me just every bit as good. Mm-hmm. It really is a. This is this is that kind of good with coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much caffeine is in there. I don't know. It, it's made with cat's coffee, cat's at cold coffee. brew. Yeah, and and it has I, been since day one. I'm not a coffee expert, but I understand that's a pretty reputable yeah. uh, brand of coffee, right? Um, it's uh, that's really good. So this is a limited release, but it comes out. It's a seasonal. It's, it's seasonal. So it's every okay. year. Okay. Well, every year around December ish. Hmm. So. I will be looking for some of that. That's absolutely. good. That's absolutely good. All right, this is a short segment, so we're going to enjoy the rest of this porter. Come back, and the next uh, cocktail you're going to make is about what? The Kansas the Kansas City football team. Oh. <laughs> okay. I figure... I figure we live in a world where political correctness is is such a big deal now that sooner or later every single football team's mascot will be deemed inappropriate, yes. and it's just going to be the Kansas City football team versus the Tampa Bay football team or whatever the Houston football team, who, whatever it is. And then so. footballs will be offended, and we'll yeah. have to change right, that. Exactly. Yeah, can't call them pigskins anymore. That's not fair <laughs> to the pigs. Um, so, uh, so this is a drink inspired by the Kansas City team, in- inspired by by Kansas City. And, uh, and I do have a personal present for you okay. on the flip side. Fantastic. Uh, we'll look forward to it, and we'll enjoy a little more of this, uh, this porter. And we'll be back with more. And we're only a segment away now from Drinking News. <laughs> It is smoking and toasting. It's the radio program, podcast, and extreme video extravaganza uh, known worldwide as smoking and toasting. Come and, and we are thrilled to have you here. We're brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Great snarky sh- shirts for cigar lovers. When I say snarky, it's just they've got like cool stuff on them. Things that say like, well, the one that, that Ian has that I love so much that says, "You can't hurry up and smoke a cigar." That's there's an awesome also shirt. stuff like cigar smokers appreciate a great butt, and you know stuff like.
like that. It's, uh, they're, they're, it's good stuff. And if you're a dog lover, I, I haven't ordered this yet. I, I have a rescue greyhound named Gracie, and I'm, I really want to get the uh, sweatshirt that they've got that says, I just want to smoke cigars and pet my greyhound. And it's got the outline of the greyhound. See, cool. I, I, have a, I have a classic Texas brown mutt. Yeah? Named Honey. Well, you have, though, you have cats. I have a cat. Well, yeah, you, sort so of cats. A, uh, yeah. I have some outdoor cats that... Well, then you'll appreciate this shirt that they have at uh, MyCigarShirts.com that says, I just want to smoke cigars and annoy my cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Only cat lovers, uh, cat owners yes, appreciate yes. that uh, in its fullness. Ian, I found a new website that I love. You know that I'm a fan of Liquor.com. They have great uh, articles about everything from drink recipes to you know what's going on in the liquor world. Uh, so I found something. Is it, is it on the dark webs? <laughs> I, I kind of wish it were, but uh, but no. Uh, I found something anybody can go to. You don't have to worry about a Trojan virus infecting your computer. Uh, it's hopculture.com, and it's all about uh, brewing and I beers. I have seen hopculture. And, uh, and, yeah, I just discovered it this week. I, kn- I know several beer sites, but I really, really like this one. And one of the articles I found there that I thought I would share a few things from is the best beer snacks to eat while watching football. According to brewers, nice. So these are the guys from the breweries that are saying, "Yeah, here's here's great great snacks to eat alongside our beers while you're watching the big ultra mega swing and happening does, game thing." Does everyone just say pretzels? <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Uh, I would hope so. The, the first the first one is James Heraltz, who is from Corporate Ladder Brewing. Uh, Corporate Ladder is based in Palmetto, Florida, and he says, "I'd have to say that a really well done buffalo chicken dip." Paired with oh, any yeah. drinkable beer is hard to beat. In particular, a mixed culture table saison that leans more funk heavy and less acidic sounds perfect. So this my, is some my very wife specific makes recommendations. An amazing buffalo chicken yeah, dip. Too, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love buffalo chicken dip. Divine Barrel Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the uh, marketing manager. Uh, James Amato says, I'm going to give you two answers on my favorite Super Bowl snacks. And immediately he was contacted by uh, the NFL, who threatened to shut down his brewery. He says, I posted your question to the team, and we were in absolute agreement that buffalo chicken dip was an absolute must. So that's been covered. Uh, We also got an Italian Pilsner that we've got out right now that goes great with it. And it would be the perfect pairing for buffalo chicken dip. It's a light, dry, crispy style. Typically has a hoppy finish for a lager, and it's perfect uh, light for sport drinking while dry enough to quell the heat. Also wants to shout out to his wife, who makes pork sausage balls for Super Bowl. Now, I'm immediately intrigued by that. That sounds good. Uh, He says, I'm not sure exactly what she does to them, but they're so addicting she has to hide them from me. Green Bench Brewing (laughs) in St. Petersburg, Florida. Christopher Johnson, who is the head brewer and co-owner, says... Generally speaking, it's difficult to go wrong with wings or bratwurst for any football occasion. Uh, but this Super Bowl, to celebrate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the game at Raymond James, I'm smoking a pork butt, he says. And uh, along the way, I'll be drinking several uh, Bench Life Premium Lagers, likely a postcard pills or two. And during the game, alongside my pulled pork sandwich, I'll be drinking Sunshine City IPA. This is, all this is making me really hungry and thirsty yeah. yes. and ready for the game. Yeah. Highland Park Brewery in Los Angeles. Says my go-to Super Bowl snack. This is James Sullivan, the marketing manager. My go-to Super Bowl snack is buffalo chicken dip. So I, I sense a theme here. Uh, apparently, buffalo uh, chicken. Dip. No one said pretzels yet. Yeah, I know. It's a particularly filling snack. I recommend drinking it with something lighter, like a pilsner. Uh, and he says, as a Patriots fan, it's going to be weird to be uh, seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in a different jersey. And uh, that's true, I think, for a lot of people. Um, the uh, Hop Culture magazine themselves. 
Um, they uh, had a quote from John A. Paradiso, who's the managing editor. He says, I'm not really a huge football fan, but I do consider myself a snack connoisseur, so I'm always thrilled for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm a sucker for the classics, wings, veggie platters, and pigs in a blanket. blanket and buffalo chicken dip. But I'm also <laughs> always down to mix it up a little. Uh, so he's looking this year, uh, looking forward to cooking up a batch of slow cooker chili of which he says the secret ingredient is cocoa, and uh, it's going to be uh, going to be sensational. He says so. Looking forward to that. Lost Tavern Brewing in Hellertown, Pennsylvania says they say to me a Super Bowl party should have a flagship, a few flagship snack items on the table. They go with cold dip, spinach dip, taco dip, and classic shrimp cocktail. Hot dips, buffalo chicken dip, spinach artichoke dip, nailed it. Jalapeno popper dip, and then other awesome snacks for the game include Swedish meatballs, wrapped scallops, and fried calamari with a balsamic glaze. So you got a little more of a chef thing going on yeah. uh, for these guys. And finally, yeah, I always have calamari at my yeah, sporting <laughs> that's parties. Exactly right. You know, hey, you know calamari. Just, just fry up some calamari. calamari I'll be right back. Just you know what else? You know what else is great? Grab. Caviar. Oh, caviar, always great. That's <laughs> particularly good for during the halftime yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Ca- caviar and. Champagne is my go-to. When the weekend, I don't know about you peasants. When the weekend goes into blinding lights in the halftime show, that's when I'm going to break out the beluga caviar. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly. that's going to be it. It's perfect. Uh, finally, uh, Pure Project Brewing in San Diego, California. Care to guess what they recommend? Uh, is there a buffalo chicken dip involved? Pretzels. Buffalo chicken dip. Damn it. Paired Nobody with, said pretzels? Paired with their murky IPA. Yeah, so apparently, apparently pretzels just the, uh, you know. Just the outlier. I want to point out a couple things about pretzels. First off, pretzel sticks are great in dips. Yes, and they're really good in cream cheese. Have you ever had a pretzel and buffalo chicken dip? Oh, no, what I'm thinking about. So the the nice baked pretzels, Mm -hmm. like not the kind that come, not the Snyder's pretzels in a bag. The nice big baked ones, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I really like uh, is the... Uh, the pretzel chips. Have you seen them? They're thin. Oh, those are awesome. They come in those uh, bags. They're really like, good. They're great for yeah. dips. They're great for hummus. They're great for anything. It's really, really good. Good with a piece of cheese I think, on them, I, too. Okay, so. so that and the buffalo chicken dip. That's what's happening. All right. So so Kansas City is known for barbecue. So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of Kansas City fans rooting for their team in the big game uh, this week. And uh, they'll be making barbecue. And I'm wondering, is your Kansas City cocktail here... Uh, a good pairing for barbecue, or are you coming at this from a different direction? Uh, it'll be fun. Okay. Uh, but starting off, I have been following your journey since the last time I was here. Mm-hmm. And while you are far from Martini Masters, <laughs> I do have a present for you. Oh. And we're not making martinis today. We're, uh, we are awaiting the challenger. We'll address that in a... All right. Yes, that is going to happen. But, I know we've been talking about it a long to, time. But to but... assist you both, yeah, I have... Some wonderful olives, oh, dude, that are hand stuffed with Tom Brady cheese. Tom, and what exactly is Tom Brady cheese? It's goat cheese. Oh, of course, because Tom because Brady, Tom is, Brady the goat. is the goat, greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been much talk about this. Wow, and you know what I'm gonna do? You is know I'm gonna what? eat one right now. There's gonna be I'm, martinis tonight. Oh, there, So uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited and about I, this. And if anyone doubts the validity of the hand stuffing, you can see the evidence. I see on the my evidence shirt. Is on your shirt. Now, I I'm say, not just an unwashed slob. I, I was say, literally preparing for this show. I was not planning for martinis tonight because I made them last night, but that may change. Oh, mm. so good. These are as good to the olive world as Tom the Brady is, is to, to the, the football world. world. Yeah. I, have to, I have to eat one or two now <laughs> because <laughs> when I get home and my wife gets her hands on You're these, not going to get any more. I won't yeah. have any more. Mm. She loves olives yeah, so. anyway. 
So that is my mm-hmm. gift Those to you great. to assist you oh. on your journey. Oh. Oh, Vanilla style cocktails. There will be martini tonight. And oh. uh, while Kansas City is known for barbecue, they're also known for one other thing, which is rye whiskey. Oh, yes, that's true. So we're doing a rye whiskey cocktail that is so simple, even two buffoons can make it properly. Oh, good, because that will be me. I don't understand. You're going to have to dumb it down. <laughs> well, wonderful. You get to be the subject. All, all right. right. All right. So, as, as, as I've established, there's no magician, no trickery. Would you like to inspect these bottles? There's actually they, nothing up nothing your sleeve. They, because they, you these, are, these are all at the very same level. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Open all three of them and pour them in here. So Ian's opening these and pouring them so into the large carafe, right? So all you need to make this cocktail at home is three mystery bottles at the same level. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> and what's in here, uh, Chris? So this is a Boulevardier. Okay. Which is a rye whiskey Negroni. Okay. So the, is this rye whiskey in these uh, bottles? One of them is rye whiskey. One of them is sweet vermouth. One of them is Campari. Okay. So they're, in equal, they're in equal measures. It's as simple as it gets. Okay. You can... If you have enough people over, you can buy a single. You can buy a bottle of each, chuck them all in a pitcher, and then we're just going to take this. See, so, su- super easy, right? Like we've done that, and that's all you need to do. And then people can fill up their glass with ice. So while you're pouring those, let me ask you a cocktail question. Sure. Um, so uh, a perfect example is I mentioned making the Palomas. Um, what I generally do when I try a new drink is I make I find a recipe for it, and I make it. To exactly according to the recipe in terms of how much of each of the um, yeah. of the components, right? And then I drink it and enjoy it. And this totally happened with the with the um, uh, with these drinks that I made uh, the other night. And then once I drink those, I go back and I make it, and I essentially double. In this case, I doubled the amount of tequila that the that the recipe called for. And when that batch came out. I was like, okay, this That's is how the drink, right? And and I do that with uh, smells great. I do that with margaritas too. Sure, I put double the amount of tequila that um, that the recipe calls for, and I generally like that the best. Am I just being ridiculous, or is there something to what I'm it, it finding? All, it all depends on on the recipe, right? Yeah. Like a lot of things are done in like sponsored formats, and much like. You can't say certain titles and you have to refer like to Like Super Bowl? The, like Super Bowl or <laughs> Superb Owl. Right. Um, a lot of people have to kind of like not put like so boozy cocktails right. out there. Like, And you notice anytime like you get recipes, they're always in parts. They're mm-hmm. not in ounces. It's right, this, right. This one weird, part this, one yeah, part it's that. It's like yeah. a weird political, which I think is quite frankly more dangerous. Like, I'd, much, I'd much rather you talk well, about ounces because that what, gives people a, like yeah. an actual metric. What if my part is a pint? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> what, if my, what if you know my part is a rocks glass? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, like that's that's not the same. Well, uh, and it, it just depends on where you're getting your recipes, right? Like if you're getting a recipe that's from like a known bartender, right? Like if you take my recipes and you double the rum, like it's going to be too busy, it's going to be wrong. Right. It's not going to taste as good. There are some others that just aren't balanced correctly and mm-hmm. need adjustments to get but there. I, I thought maybe I was just You're talking drunk, about on the back know? of a of mixed bottle, right? Well, I, not necessarily. I've got, you know, little um I've got a great little book of cocktail recipes or I get recipes off the internet from uh, reputable sites like, you know, liquor.com yeah, you know, and like, other places, like, you know. Yeah, so like I if I get a recipe, I'll routinely adjust it to my taste mm-hmm. and that usually involves like Upping the the base spirit and lowering the amount of sugar in the drink. Mm-hmm. So like, there's always adjustments that that you can make. Like, it's kind of like what we call rule zero, which is like drink it how you like it. Right. You know. Um, so when you're making cocktails in the restaurant, yeah, uh, do you err towards more booze or do you err towards 
less so you don't like you know like blow people away with, uh, with, with, I, with I air towards whatever presents the absolute best end cocktail in terms and, of flavor and yeah, t- the and, taste and, mix and, and, and if everything. that means putting in two and a half ounces of cast strength whiskey then damn it that means putting in two on two and a half ounces of the cast strength whiskey well i don't think this is cask it is, strength it but is it not sure so, is good so yeah so that's knob creek rye so that's 100 okay. that's 100 proof and the thing I love about this family of cocktails, the Negroni, the Boulevardier, which you can make with mezcal, tequila, like pretty much anything you can sub in. Mm-hmm. It's just a very simple formula of equal parts spirit, sweet vermouth, and Campari. This, this or literally is really delicious. any Amaro or bitter that you like, like Aperol, Ramazzotti, so, Chinar, whatever you like that's bitter. Mm-hmm. It's it's a Mr. what we call a Mr. Potato Head cocktail. You can take any one of those things and switch them out. Mm. And they all produce, in the end, very likely a palatable cocktail. And there are proven ways to do it and proven theories. But it's just like the perfect... The thing I like about it is it's only an ounce of spirit towards like a traditional build. So again, going back to like the Pimm's Cup thing, you're drinking a whiskey drink, but it's not like you're just hammering like six old fashions. Right. So like it, it gets this, you feeling good, but it doesn't put you over the edge. And that's the thing has, I love about this like style. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of drinks that I you know, like cocktails that you get that are a lot of times a little too sweet. And one of the problems with a little too sweet is you drink them way too fast. Yes, that's true. This has enough bitter in it to make you stand off it a little bit. It's yeah. really good. I think one of the things But it makes you stand off it just a little bit and not Right. Slug it back. Well, I think that's and you'll notice he has it off camera. It's halfway gone at this point. <laughs> well, this is Ian we're talking about. So, <laughs> but I think one of the notice things... there's still half of it here. <laughs> okay, that's a, again, half empty, half full. We know how Ian likes to look at things. So, um, no, but the, but that's one of the things that I love about martinis is because there's so much alcohol in them. You don't slam them back. You really do. Well, yeah. or maybe you do, but but you're really kind of encouraged to sip it because you can tell you're not drinking just this cocktail that washes down uh, easy uh, in the same way. It's, you know, you can tell when you drink it, you're getting something substantial. Yeah, you don't drink your martini with a straw. Does that make uh, me weird? If uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you, I've never done that. But uh, <laughs> I would just say, you know. But then again, if I had a cool straw like this in my martini, oh yeah, I'd be drinking it with I, a straw. I for have sure. never in my life really been jealous about straws but yeah. I am yeah. right now. I, 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 so you know what I do with straws? Uh, first of all, I'm I'm so heavily against this move toward paper straws. They're terrible. They're awful. I hate them. They're just terrible. And and what I what I don't understand about the move to paper straws is the same people who are advocating um, uh, don't use plastic straws are recycling all kinds of other things that are plastic. Why can't we recycle the pa- plastic recycles? I mean, most we can recycle time, I, the straw. I, like, most of the time, I just don't see the need for a straw anyway. Right. Like, straws actively inhibit the way that you drink. Like, They're literally like you're, you're sucking up this drink and it's shooting it into like the middle of your palate as opposed to like getting like a nice full So you don't get it on the front of your tongue? That's, you're saying? Yeah, because different yeah. Uh-huh. zones in your tongue detect different things. Mm. Like drinking from a straw, like actively makes like a lot of drinks worse like sometimes it's you know a means to end if it's a crushed ice cocktail i don't expect you to be like trying to deal with that right but like almost every drink i think tastes better without any sort of straw so if it's a crushed ice cocktail and you're trying to drink it and you have a mustache yeah oh (laughs) i understand well and i'll just say this it's smart to listen to this guy because my martinis have improved dramatically oh, time. since I stopped shaking them. Yep. Since I and it was Chris that was here on the show that explained to us the uh, the sort of James Bond fallacy, if you will, yeah. that a martini should be uh, should be shaken and not stirred. Now, I still shake margaritas and other things, but absolutely. Uh, but the martini, I've gone to stirring them, and it's so much better. It's so much better. Yeah, like the, 
eventually, if they both sit there long enough, they become the same drink. It's all about that initial sort mm-hmm. of five minutes when they come out of the vessel, whether it's a shaker, whether mm-hmm. it's a, now, I a still, mixing glass like I this. I still make them in the shaker. Yeah. I just, uh, but I stir it instead. Then I put the cap oh, yeah, on and strain it out of the, gla- into the oh, glass. Oh, I've been trying to mix them in the glass. It's been going all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that, actually. That, <laughs> That's a joke. That, I haven't done that, that but that, that would, would be, be awesome. <laughs> so uh, Ian made some martinis when we were doing the, uh, when we had the gin Yes, on. because I always and have a martini And he did one kit. shake and yeah. one stirred. It was interesting to compare them as to how they, uh, as to how they came out. But uh, uh, they were both good, but the stirred was better. Yeah, I just, I, I every time I've tried it, I've gone to the third one and going this is this is what you, I like you just better. get more flavor out of mm-hmm. it and like mm-hmm. i said like by the time they settle down they wind up being the same drink once all the aeration is gone out of the shaken one you're left with more or less the same beverage it's all about that initial sort of five to ten minutes when it's coming out bracingly cold and how that's affecting how you drink it so, and that's the real sort of key difference in those like spirit forward drinks you, you really understand a lot about this let me ask you this question if if something were to happen to our sponsor here on the show, and we were to lose the literally tens of dollars a month that we're able to make. Tens and uh, tens of, of dollars. Of, as, as hosts of the show. And I were to decide to change uh, professions and go to bartender school. How, let's, let's assume I paid attention and did well. Okay. How good would I be when I came out of bartender school? Um... From like a functional or like a, no. do you actually want to make money in the long run? Well, so let's start with functional. Like, would I would I know what I needed to hold down a bartender job somewhere? Eh, ish, ish. Okay. Uh, will you get hired anywhere that cares? No. Um, there's there's a lot of like, I'm a little more sort of forgiving. I know a lot of bar managers that if they look at your resume and they see bartending school, they just crumple it up and throw it away. Okay, this is so interesting because I can give you a parallel to this. Uh, as somebody that's got a background in broadcast radio, people used to ask me, no one wants to get into it anymore. But back in the day, people yeah. did, and they'd say, hey, how, how do I get into radio? And I would always say, the last thing you want to do is go to broadcast school. I'd say, go to a college that has like a radio TV film department that is really good at placing interns. Yeah. You will do much better as an intern in terms of and, getting and, a job. And, and can bar- you do that as a bartender? Bartending is very much the same way. You can go to school. Like What I tell people is bartending school will teach you how to make drinks. It won't teach you how to tend a bar. Interesting. The, okay. dr- the drink part That's is easy. I, I, I just mm-hmm. prove that now, Ian made this, Ian can and it was great. <laughs> Ian can literally make a restaurant-quality cocktail. Right. That part is not hard. I are smart. Now, <laughs> now, the hard part is on Friday night when I've got 10 people at my bar top and three service tickets, and I need to remember to get hot sauce for these people, and this guy wanted an extra pair of chopsticks. And, and you're trying to make and, drinks in the middle of And I'm of trying to make every single one of them feel like they're the only people in the room. Right, right. That's the tending part of bartending. The, right, right. Like, the functional part of taking things and putting them in in glasses and making them cold—that's the very, very easy part. That's just memori- yeah. That's memorizing like numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like two, three quarter, three quarter, one, one, one. Like equal, equal part four. Like it's just very, very basic ratios. That part's easy. You can you can learn that with flashcards. You don't learn people with flashcards. You learn people by getting a job serving tables. Mm-hmm. So like. You know the food, you know the drinks, you know how to serve people, you know how to multitask, you know how to work a POS system, and you know how to make people smile at the end of the day. Or you get a job bar backing, and mm-hmm. so, like, you understand the flow of the bar and how important, like, keeping clean glassware going in and out is and 
how important it is to like keep everything clean and organized at the same time. That's what makes a great bartender. So last bartending question, or maybe not the last one, but one more. Um, how much of bartending is, and this is sort of the romantic image of the bartender, I guess, yeah. the guy who's the, the you know interested ear for the customer who's at the bar that has a sob story or, yeah. or whatever that might be, and they're sharing it with the bartender. Is that... Is that more like the movies, or does that really happen? No, that really happens. Really? That, that happened to me very recently. Really? Um, I had a. And how important is that to being a good bartender? Uh, it's extremely important. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Okay. I, I literally had uh, a woman sit at my bar on Christmas Eve and, like, kind of dark humorly, kind mm-hmm. of just be like, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if it's worth it. And, like, literally telling me, like, kind of joke. She's like, I'm going to blow my brains out. And we're like, ha ha. And like over the course of the conversation, there's some seriousness like, there. Yeah. She tells me the exact model of gun that she bought and how it misfired the first time she took it out. Wow! And like one of my other one of my guys who was on the floor, who is a bartender, like literally at the end of the night when she's leaving, like stops her outside of our door and says, "We are so happy you came in tonight, and we want to make sure that you come back and thank you and have a great evening." And, and all, that made, that made and all she wanted was just somebody to talk, like, somebody to validate, or somebody to. to she she to sat talk at the to. she sat at the bar for three and a half hours and spent twenty bucks. Like she had an you know a glass of wine and two appetizers, like wonderful. All she wanted was somebody to just talk to for a couple yeah. hours to so just like wow. just listen the, to her. The non judgy listener. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And and, and we did it. Like it, it's like that's something I still think about. Is like I haven't seen her since, and I'm like, holy shit! I hope she comes and sits at my bar again. Wow. Well, that blows me away even more than this cocktail. And this cocktail is really good. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with another segment. Guess what's Guess what? It's almost time for. Um, the super mega sports event thing. It's almost time for drinking news. Oh, <laughs> drinking it's coming news. up next. It is smoking and toasting, and we will be right back, my friends. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Thanks for allowing us to take a little break there. Ian had to hit the little boys' room. In fact, you still got your mask on, Ian, uh, from going, oh. to the, going to the boys' room. So uh, there There's you go. There's that. Nah, very good. Uh, it's smoking to toast and craft beer, fine spirits, hand-rolled cigars, and today, fine cocktails, too. And, I, uh, Ian, have I caught up with you on the uh, on the second cocktail, or is yours empty? Man, I'm, I'm pretty amazed at making cocktails, aren't I? Yeah, well, so we got about the same amount left, so this is good. You did you did a fine, fine job. Thank you. You, you can make a black and tan. You can make a boulevardier. Like, we will get I you I would there. say those black and tans mm-hmm. last week. They were really good. <laughs> they actually did turn out I really, really, good really liked it, yeah. Welcome back to the show. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, please check them out because they are a sponsor of the show and they help to keep us going. Like I said, those uh, those tens of dollars a, a, a month uh, that, that we get, those are that's because of our sponsors. So. Dude, we're hoping to up yeah. it. Yeah, we're by, hoping to up it to by 12s. By the middle of the year, we'll be making 15s of yeah. dollars. <laughs> right. And that'll be a wondrous day, won't it? It'll be a wondrous day. Uh, all right. So, here's what you have to know about drinking news. First of all, drinking news is very often stories about people who've been drinking. But even when it's not, it's stories that are probably best enjoyed when you've been drinking. And we've been doing this segment on the show for a while now. And Ian came up with the drinking news theme song, which I I love and we've had a lot of fun with. But one day he came in with a recording of someone else doing a drinking news theme song. And that person was, in fact... 
our guest today, our cocktail expert from Smoking and Toasting, uh, Mr. Chris Morris. So Chris has brought a really, really nice-looking guitar in, by the way. That's that's a beautiful guitar. Yeah. I love the bridge on the Alvarez mm-hmm. guitar. Yeah. What a distinctive and beautiful yeah. design that is. So he's brought his guitar in, and he's now going to perform live his intro, which is awesome. For drinking news, yeah, we're, do- we're doing a full improvised duet too. Oh yeah, so it's, Ian's got here. ukulele, so it's gonna be fun. I will be improvising. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're gonna see how this goes. All right. You always gotta start with shredding, right? But I remember. All right. <laughs> well, there's a podcast all about cigars and brews, hanging out every week. Spirited discussion and cigar reviews. And the segment known around the world is drinking news. It's drinking news. It's what I love. Me and a Florida man and a bottle of rum. For another round. What do we got to lose? Tell you a story, swear to God it's true. Well, a night on the town took a turn to the south. And I started drinking that whiskey and running my mouth. My belly up to the bar, another round or two. That's when the gambler said, I got a bed for you. He gave a seven to one. You know we couldn't lose. Me and that Florida man fought a kangaroo We went a couple of rounds It beat us black and blue Lord, I hope we don't wind up on drinking news On drinking news On drinking news Me and that Florida man got a face tattoo On drinking news On drinking news I told you, Mom, I didn't need to go to college. I'm performing on the worldwide famous smoking and toasting, singing a song about drinking news. (laughs) So I have to say, shredding on the ukulele, that's that's, that's very impressive. So I have to say, first of all, I loved Ian's accompaniment. I thought that was, you know, for something that you guys have not practiced, I thought that went really, really well. Uh, and secondly, it's so appropriate that we use Chris's uh, Drinking News intro, which you'll see why in a moment. One of his lyrics ties in perfectly with today's That is not news. an original uh, lyric, by the way. Yeah. yeah, no, they gave me the preview, so I was like, we, oh, we have to... We have to weave that in. That okay, was that right, was so especially for you. Okay, so you weave that in. Yeah, so right. you know, uh, I used to try like when he would do the drinking news after I did the song, I'd try to accompany him with with some like lit yeah. background. It just distracts him. It's hilarious. It does. <laughs> it, it keeps you from being able to share the story. <laughs> I he can only talk over music for thirty seconds, right? And then he has to stop. Right. It's his background in <laughs> because because I'm thinking that somebody's going to start singing and I got to I got to wrap it up real quick in, in a, just a few funny. seconds, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember when uh, I remember when Billie Jean by Michael Jackson came out, and I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to talk up that intro." That's a DJ thing, and it's it's wrong and it's hurting people. But but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, drinking news: A Florida man, I love it, 
with a Florida tattoo on his forehead. Adam, if you if you've not posted that, go ahead and go ahead and put the photo up so everyone can see the Florida man with the Florida tattoo on his forehead. Because one which, day way, this guy looked in the mirror and he thought, you know what this forehead needs? <laughs> Florida. So, so so honestly, that is funnier than the story, but but still it should it should be shared. It should be shared with everyone. A Florida man with a Florida <laughs> tattoo on his forehead was arrested. For calling 911 twice to try to get a ride home, according to Florida authorities. His name is Matthew Lethem. He's 22 years old, and he dialed 911 to request a ride home after 4 a.m. in the Newport Ritchie suburb of Tampa on Sunday, according to a criminal complaint. So to see how this all ties in with our Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, we got a Tampa, Florida story. Um, a Pasco County deputy found the man and offered to call him a cab or an Uber, but he said he didn't have any money, the complaint states. He then began walking in the direction he lives and pulled out his phone and called 911 again to ask for a ride. <laughs> so the officer caught up to him and arrested him as he was on the line, according to the complaint. Authorities say the offer, of, officer searched him and found marijuana because, of course... Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's been charged with misuse. It was probably medical. He's been charged with misuse of the 911 system as well as possession of marijuana. He was released on $300 bond. Unfortunately, there is no statute in Florida, although there should be, to charge him for the single most ridiculous forehead tattoo that anyone <laughs> has ever used. So, again, you just have to go back to that picture. That picture is drinking news that's pretty amazing and there you go my friend so uh yeah i i I don't even i mean what can you even say to a florida tattoo on a guy's head drinking news drinking news that was our time for drinking news (sighs) cheers y'all Thank you for uh, being here on Smoking and Toasting this week, Chris. Uh, we've done uh, a couple of really great cocktails, uh, but we have um, we have saluted the Kansas City Chiefs, the AFC team in the in the uh, big game, and I think we probably should salute the other guys. They're the Absolutely, guys, they're the guys I'm rooting for this year. So, so I started digging around, and I know Florida. We obviously need to do a rum cocktail, and mm-hmm. I dug mm-hmm. a little bit deep in the archives, and I found a cocktail called the Buccaneer. Mm. Sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it gets even better in this very kismet sort of way. Because you know where I found the Buccaneer cocktail? Where? On the side of your bucking head? In the <laughs> Mr. Boston <laughs> book. Oh, oh nice. see? What a, what a, what a so great it tie took in. Mr. Boston yep, yep. to make the Buccaneer great. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And it took Mr. Boston to make the Buccaneers great. So it it, it just it all works out, doesn't it? Yeah. No. I, I love when things come together in that way. You so know? in in the uh, much less foreseeable part, I've literally never made this cocktail. So we're doing an experiment all together. So while you uh, put this together, I'll just mention our buddy Bruce Stark on Stark on the comments said something I thought was worth sharing uh, uh, that referenced uh, our last segment. He said. So who's surprised that Cruz doubles the alcohol in any recipe? 
No one. Okay, thanks, Bruce. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but look at the people I hang out with. Come on. They're, they're bad influences on me. So uh, I'll, I'll blame Ian for lots of things. So That's uh, perfectly reasonable. Yeah, perfectly reasonable. I am the worst. So you are using this uh, wonderful Isle of Fiji rum from Plantation yeah, so in, this, uh, in this cocktail. You mentioned, I think, that it maybe called for spiced rum. Yeah, the, you went the, this way the, instead. The very original. We're talking a cocktail book from like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So. The validity of the recipes that was back is before safety was invented. Yeah. It is, is up Boston. to interpretation. <laughs> so they originally called for a spice drum. Um, we're using Plantation Isle of Fiji. I think the modern kind of palate wants like that drier, bolder rum. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Fiji's ever so slightly sweeter, so it's gonna fill the itch, if you will. Uh, so per cocktail, I've got an ounce and a half of that. Mixing metaphors. <laughs> I like that. We're getting there. Uh, so ounce and a half of uh, rum, three-quarter ounce lime juice, three-quarter ounce pineapple juice. Hey, do you – oh, uh, the pineapple juice got excited. Are you uh, someone who uh, is – like, if I'm making cocktails at home, should I resist the temptation to go with that jar of lime juice? I should always squeeze fresh, right? Always squeeze fresh. That's what I usually do. But, you know, sometimes you're looking at that thing in the refrigerator and you go, I can have this cocktail made a lot faster if I just – Squirt some of that in here. Yeah, no, like but, pa- you can oh, fresh. pasteurized yeah. juice. You can you can taste it. You can taste it. Okay. I mean, you can get away with like the canned pineapple juice, right? Like, yeah. not everybody has like, you know. I don't a, squeeze a, like, prop- my own grapefruit juice when I make a paloma. Yeah. I do actually use a grapefruit juice from Joe, but I do I do my own lime juice. I have a I have a great little lime thing that you cut the lime yeah. in half and then you just twist yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah awesome. no, that that's one of the single greatest things people can do. Like, make their cocktails better at home is like. Stop buying those little colorful like lemon things. Like right, you can taste it in the cocktail and do real. There's real no lemon way around juice. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. So we've got uh, rum, pineapple juice, lime juice, uh, falernum, which is like a spiced rum cordial from Barbados, oh. and then Yum. some creme de cacao or chocolate. Okay. And what did you just do? The little uh, little bit, of, little bit of Angostura bitter. It's just okay. like, like classic. Aromatic yeah, that, bitters. That's the bitters that you should. If you only have one, if you only have one bitters, it's the only one you yes, should have. Right. Absolutely. All right. So, and then right. we shake this guy up. And this is the Buccaneer. I'm very excited. I'll it's, be trying to make this. So it's a very unique. Um, so there's a couple ways you can go about it. So it's a very unique style of drink, um, and that's very tiki. But it calls to be served in like a martini style glass, mm. but you oh. don't see a lot. Most tiki drinks are kind of like. Crushed ice, tropical, like tea, and I love tiki drinks. Yeah, I, I really do. It's, it's such a a wonderful, um, flavorful thing. So, well, that's, like a, that's a lot of shaking. How do you know when you're done shaking? When it's cold. Okay, gotcha. And mostly feel at this point. But mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I mean, that was also that was shaker. also two cocktails <laughs> in a large shaker. So you want to shake that a little bit longer. Okay. Make sure we're getting our dilution right. Well, and, I'm diluted. <laughs> I am totally uh, I, I'm loving this one already just from the color of the drink in the glass. So if you're again wanting to like take the kind of chill route and you have a bunch of people over, you can take this and you can put it in something like this, hit it with an immersion blender, and that'll get like that proper frothiness from the pineapple. And then you can serve it like a punch and people can just come up and like pour it themselves if like you're not gonna sit there entertaining everybody and hand squeezing and like making right. every single cocktail because there's a super mega sports ball event to watch. Right. Yeah. Dude, that is great. Yeah. So last time I was here, we failed to have the nutmeg grater, but I brought it this time. <laughs> I love it. Though if you are without, uh, as we proved, a proper pocket knife, we'll get the job done. Mm-hmm. But I remember 
when we had that um, I wish I was at a tiki yeah, bar uh, that beer. That was so good. And Ian used his knife to grate the nutmeg, and it was really quite awesome. Hey, you know, you, you use the tools you have at hand. That's right. That's right. I love it. But that that was just, look how quickly he did that. <laughs> and now these drinks the are Buccaneer. ready to rock. And like I oh said, my goodness. I've literally never tasted this, but when I saw the Mr. Boston Buccaneer drink, I there there was no other option for the show. Gentlemen, cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. I haven't tried it yet. Clink, clink, clink. Um, I did try a sip, and I'm going to proclaim this to be my favorite cocktail of the day. And not just because <laughs> oh my, it's Mr. That's Boston. Quite, that's quite delicious. Wow. It's Mr. Boston and the Buccaneers. Oh. And the, the nutmeg it's got on the lips wonderful, afterwards. Yeah, and it's got a wonderful tartness to it. And then you get that, that nutmeg spice on the yeah. end. Wow, very nice. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. You, yeah, that's going to go in the rotation. That's a good one. You, sir, are badass. You should, you should really think about serving this at the bar. I mean, that, it's a, I've got everything that's required to make it. So it's, anyone that comes in that wants a buccaneer. This is wonderful. Okay, so I'll remember that because yeah. when I come in, this is what I'm ordering. This is wonderful. It's got. It, I, I really think the core of it, though, is the funk of this Isle of Fiji rum. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what really makes it. I think if you made this with a spiced rum, it would be good, but it yeah. wouldn't have the same complexity to yeah, it like that, that this has. Like, it but, has that weird When you think about the era that they're it. talking about, like they'd probably be making this with like Captain Morgan. It would be mm-hmm. like over-the-top sweet mm-hmm. and like just not get there. I think using a more modern rum is the right approach. Oh, I love it with this rum. That's oh, yeah. a good wow, choice. That's, that's terrific. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah? Because I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that's where the the, the that, rubber. You can funk. taste it for a second time. Yeah. You know, right. you're the one with the glasses. <laughs> well, oh, there is that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't be shy, um, because you know clearly we've we've all heard how you haven't had the opportunity <laughs> to uh, to taste this to the same. Let degree me tell you what happened with the plantation room. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and talk about it. Uh, We're repetitive, so I don't mind telling mm-hmm. it again. <laughs> we've been accused of that exactly. Uh, well, this is terrific. I mean, really. Um, there's something to me about rum cocktails. I love the the whiskey cocktails, the gin cocktails. There's something about rum cocktails that take you away to the islands in your brain in a way that yeah. just no other spirit quite does. I On this, so the drink itself is so good. And then, like, one of my favorite things is the specialness of having that uh, nutmeg on the froth on top mm-hmm. that's stuck to your lip after a sip, and then you lick your lips afterwards, and you get this like second great awesome thing from the drink. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I want to mention that Liliana, our um, tequila expert here on the show, uh, mentioned in the show notes she'd love to find out more about great cocktails with tequila and with mezcal. Would you be willing to come back on the show with Liliana? And have heard talk about tequila, and you make tequila cocktails? I'm never coming on the show again. Okay, good. Good to know. Noted. <laughs> good to know. Uh, you know she... when you ask that question, and you're like, I know they're going to say yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, all right. Uh, well, are are you asking good. me if I am willing to take half of my day on a Thursday to come drink tequila? Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Did, you, did you see the show that we had Liliana on? I did. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she she walked in here with this array of tequila bottles. It was just fantastic. <laughs> Some of them were things we'd never seen before. And I'm like, okay, this. this I actually she's can't just awesome. stop drinking this. This is so good, isn't it? 
yeah, you've you've gotten ahead of me here, but uh, I am I am committed to. I mean, we have up. enough for a second round. I'm just saying, <laughs> if we need to get there. All right. Well, well, we got one more beer to taste, and then maybe a second round. There is that. Yeah. So, all right. So I tell you what, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll taste that beer in our final segment. And Ian, what is our final beer? I've lost. It is track. the Imperial Gingerbread Spice Stout from oh. Open Gate Brewery, Guinness. Guinness, and here it is on Mr. Twirly Gig. <clears throat> We've had lots of requests to feature the new um, Mr. Cousin Twirly gig a little more prominently so we're kind of configured differently today but in next week we promise we'll yes. have a uh, uh we'll we'll let you see cousin twirly gig in all of his new glory it'll be fun and we'll be back to taste the guinness and uh i'll be drinking more of this during the break it's smoking and toasting we are so thrilled to have you here and uh, thanks again uh chris morris for being on the show today that is outstanding yeah, all right yeah, yeah. Welcome back. It is Smokin' and Toastin'. It is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, an excellent site with great uh, T-shirts for cigar lovers and the people who love them. Um, I just wanted to mention, by the way, we will be working to get you and our tequila expert, Liliana, on the same show. We'll talk tequila, we'll drink tequila, and we will talk tequila cocktails, because that would be a lot of fun. This man's lining up shows. He's, we've got a future... Uh uh, um, martini show coming right, up. Right, right. Oh, yeah. He's, he, you know, you're going to be back and drinking with us you're be there busy, you uh, uh, on a number of occasions. Sounds terrible. S- speaking of drinking, I'm very excited to try this Guinness, and uh, Ian's got it in his hand, so. All right, very good. You know, um, we had Guinness on the show last week because we did the. Uh, the Guinness with the nitro uh, yes. in the can to make our uh, black and tans, and I got to tell you, I even showed everybody how to pour that one properly. I was very, very impressed with the quality of our black and tan. So, so this actually, now I was expecting this to be a little bit lighter in color, and it's not as dark as a usual Guinness. So, but it is pretty. Uh, this is from the Open Gate Brewery, and if you're not familiar with Guinness Open Gate Brewery, this is the one they open in um, in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland, is known as the Open Gate Brewery. And, um, or as my friends who live in Baltimore call it, Baltimore. 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 Uh, uh, and so they've, they've been putting out stuff under the Open Gate Brewery mm-hmm. uh, Guinness name. So this is the Imperial Gingerbread Spiced Stout aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, brewed and bottled by Guinness Brewing Company, Baltimore, Maryland. And what surprises me, this is not, I was expecting this to be like in a bomber or a larger uh, bottle, but this is just a regular 12-ounce this bottle. This came in a four-pack. Uh, this is a 11.2-ounce uh, bottle, so slightly smaller, came in a four-pack, and okay. um, was $20 for the four-pack, so it's okay, expensive so, four-pack. Yeah. But uh, I think when you try it, can you smell this, by the way? I am smelling the yeah. gingerbread already. Um, I think when you try this, you'll understand. This winter treat was brewed with allspice, ginger, cinnamon, and nutmeg, which, by the way, is going to go great after that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Then aged in Branded bourbon barrels, uh, rich notes of cinnamon with warm notes of bourbon. Wow. Okay. How do you feel about it? I feel really good about it, based on the first sip. Uh, you've caught, you've tried this before, right? Yes. Okay. I drank so the other. Well, I drank, drank the two other three of the bottles. Other three. Two of the other three. Okay. All right. So the first thing that I will say is that it's it's a. Uh, I was expecting more of a like traditional stout booziness. Instead, it's got this sort of tingly mid-level flavor to it. That's fascinating. 
Uh, I'm probably not describing it right. You'll describe it better than I will. No, like, like you're getting a lot of the spices, particularly like the the ginger. Mm-hmm. Like ginger is mm-hmm. an, an anesthetic. It has that like kind of numbing effect. It's kind of um, in the middle of the palate. What's not coming through is the barrel. Like when you hear barrel age, you're expecting like a like much thicker viscosity. This is much lighter on right. the palate. You it's do, a much thinner mouthfeel. Yeah, you, you, you do get that sort of boozy barrel aged vibe on the retrohale. But yeah. not necessarily in the original taste, you know? Uh, it's really delicious. <laughs> Backing up what you say, I, I get all that. It is thinner mouthfeel than I was expecting the first time I tried it. Uh, and, and that actually kind of put me off a little bit the first sip I had of it. But then I started sipping more of it. And that uh, the, the bourbon barrel and the oakiness mm-hmm. start to build a little bit after a few sips. Right. You, you get it on the retro hail, and, the retro and then hail it, starts, definitely to, it there. starts to build a little bit. You're yeah. absolutely right. It's also slightly more carbonated than I would have expected. Agreed. Yes. But it doesn't seem to interrupt the flavors much. So I'm kind of on this campaign against heavily carbonated IPAs. I try a lot of different IPAs from around the country, more of them than I even bring on the show. And a lot of the ones that I don't bring on, one of the reasons I don't bring them on is that I found that the carbonation was too intense to allow me to enjoy the flavors. And I'm a guy that loves I mean, carbonated I, I, I drinks. I can see that, but, like, but there's still like some style, like there are some brute IPAs that are like super carb that like I just dig. But that's a, that's. It's but like you also you also it. expect it I with that it. style, right? Too. I was just so saying that's what the yeah. style's about. Yes. So so the carbonation content is very beer dependent to me, because I've had stouts that were carbonated way more than I thought they should right. be. Right, but like, but this one it works. But I think. I've had also some stouts where like this one where it's more carbonated than I would generally expect, but it actually kind of works. It tickles mm-hmm. the tongue, yeah, mm-hmm. and kind of. Holds off some of those flavors till till the back of the palate, which is really interesting to well, me. I find this really impressive, and I will, um, I will be buying some of this to have uh, in the beer fridge. It's good. It's really really good. Um, we are. Oh, I don't know if you people noticed this. This was very subtle, but Ian just changed the direction on Cousin Twirly Gig. Cousin Twirly Gig goes both ways. Uh, that's a really fascinating thing to know. All right, we'll break uh, we'll break out more of Cousin Twirly Gig's antics and adventures in future <laughs> programs. But welcome to the show, Cousin Twirly Gig. This is it's wonderful to have our rotating platform uh, back. Yes, um, Chris Morris, you're one of our absolute favorite guests on the show. Thank you so much for coming on this week and making uh, cocktails and. And do you think as we uh, kind of ring ourselves out, you might make us one more of these uh, of these Buccaneers? Yeah, I guess. All right, fine, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say it because I'm an unabashed fan. Go Bucks! Uh, I hope that they do really, really well in the uh, super mega ultra big sporting event game thingy. And I'm looking forward, regardless who wins, I'm looking forward to great game snacks and amazing game cocktails. So thank you, Chris, for coming on and uh, and showing us how to do these. Um, next week is the last show we will do before Valentine's Day. Mm. So in the same sort of spirit as bringing Chris on this week to do uh, Super Bowl uh, drinks, we'll be bringing our resident wine expert Mark Burrell on to talk wine for Valentine's Day. The nice thing about that is we can call it Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day won't sue us. No one will sue us over calling (laughs) it Valentine's Day. And that's always good to know. So so as Chris uh, shakes this up and kind of takes us out, let me say uh, thank you to Mary for putting this together. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel for uh, for making it work. And thanks to you guys for being here. Liliana, we're going to set something up with the two of you. Uh, This will be happening soon. And then, of course... 
I guess we could just put the call out, Chris, unless you've, unless you've got somebody that you have in mind to be our vodka martini challenger against your gin martinis. I don't Do associate have... with those people. Okay, fine. They're uh, not actually uh, people. So let's just <laughs> let's just put this uh, challenge out now. If you're uh, somebody who is. An expert at vodka martinis. We need to do a challenge with you uh, versus Chris on the show. The vodka versus gin martinis. See, martini and I know challenge. a guy, but he. We tried to get him on the show before, and he kind of like flaked on us. <laughs> well, I guess those vodka martini people are flaky. Is looking at what else can uh. I tell you? Also, we're working on something that I'm actually really excited about, uh, and that is going to be our hard seltzer blind taste test that we'll be uh, doing in the show in the very near future. So. Uh, I'm currently stockpiling uh, seltzer flavors. Is that going to be fun? I don't know, but it'll be interesting. You know, so so you live in a uh, in a building with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. The thing you can do to offload some of those is like you just save one or two, mm-hmm. and then leave the rest in the elevator, <laughs> and see if people take. Listen, people love hard seltzers. Our friend Jessica, who works for Barrel Bourbon, she's a fanatic. <laughs> that's true, that's true. For hard seltzer, and we're going to invite her on the show to do the blind taste test with us. So it's something we'll the be hard seltzer. we'll be looking forward to. And I'm also going—I haven't asked her yet, but I'm hoping to ask Maria Todd to be oh, on the show with she us. She is so fun. so awesome. So uh, so, so that should be a a really really fun show. So as he, I also just uh, want to point out, I didn't know they made a specific nutmeg grater device, but you knew that if they did make stores. One, and grates nutmeg. You knew that's though, my favorite part is just keeping like a whole nutmeg clove just you, up there. You knew though that you if can they just literally hang it on your wall, it's if perfect. they did make one, that Chris would be the guy to have it, didn't you? That's it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, want to mention Ian and I will be guests next Wednesday. Well, I don't think the show airs next Wednesday. The show I think airs on Friday think or airs Saturday, on Friday right? Friday or Saturday, Friday or Saturday, right. Saturday but we'll be uh, guests on the next episode of uh, Chris Hart's Whiskey Neat uh, Show. So we're looking forward to hanging out with Chris and. Drinking some, um, some you know whiskeys and bourbons that no one can ever buy, and it'll be an awesome, uh, awesome show. Uh, I, it's, I, it's not going to be whiskeys or bourbons that no one can buy. It's going to be it's going to be random rums and Armagnac that you can't ever find. That you can't ever find anywhere <laughs> on the planet. So uh, we love Chris and are looking forward to hanging out with him. So uh, thank you guys for being a part of the show this week. Thank you so much. And now I'm going to shift to as much as I love that beer. I'm going to shift to this cocktail, the Buccaneer. Go Bucks. I finished my beer. Let's do it, baby. (laughs) Have a great week, my friends, and uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, Cheers, y'all. Woo, Clint. That is badass. So that's the adjusted version. That's the one. Yeah. That's the adjusted one. Oh, more more line. Better. Yeah, oh. that's exactly what I told you. Whatever happens, don't leave it. So